Coming up on the Children's Hour, we're going to learn about squid with Skype scientist Dr. Sarah McAnulty. We'll find out about other cephalopods too, like octopus, cuttlefish, and nautilus. Squid are ubiquitous, found in all oceans on planet Earth at all depths. You can learn a lot more with our Learn Along Guide for this episode, which meets and cites national education standards. Find it in the Squid episode at childrenshour.org. This episode is mixed with great music. Learn about squid with us today on the Children's Hour. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're a New Mexico-based nonprofit organization dedicated to giving kids opportunities to create radio. You can learn a lot more about us at childrenshour.org. It's time for the Children's Hour. Kids Public Radio. How many tickles does it take to make a squid laugh? I don't know how many. That would be 10 tickles. to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade he'd let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade I'd ask my friends to come and see an octopus's garden with me I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. We would be warm below the storm in our little hideaway beneath the waves. Resting our head on the seabed in an octopus's garden near a cave. Sing and dance around Because we know we can't be found I'd like to be under the sea In an octopus's garden in the shade Shout and swim about the coral that lies beneath the waves. Oh, what joy for every girl and boy, knowing they're happy and they're safe. to be under the sea in an octopus's garden with you in an octopus's garden with you in an octopus's garden with you
was Casper Baby Pants opening up the Children's Hour today with their version of Octopus's Garden. You're listening to the Children's Hour. I'm Katie Stone here at the Outpost Performance Space and on Zoom with a lot of great people. Who's here today? Hi, it's Max. Hello, it's Luminata. Hi, it's Lily May. Hi, it's Nina. Hi, it's Beth. Hello, this is Cade. Hi, it's Evan. Hi, my name's Thorfinn. Hi, it's Xavier. Hi, it's Amaya. Well, thank you all for being here out there in listener land here at the Outpost and on Zoom. Today on the show, we're going to learn about cephalopods, which are a group of creatures that have been around since before our planet even had trees. We're going to learn specifically about squid, which are ubiquitous in our oceans today. Ubiquitous is a word that means there's a lot of them and they're found everywhere. They're from a big family that includes octopuses. And our guest expert is a science educator who loves to teach about these color-changing tentacled ocean residents. You can stay tuned and meet Sarah McInulty from Skype a Scientist and learn about squid with us today on the Children's Hour. We have a learn-along guide that we've written for this episode, and it meets and cites national education standards. You can find it at childrenshour.org. Look for this episode called Squid. There you'll also find lots of photos and other info and links. Stick with us for the Children's Hour. This is the Whiz Pops. Well, I'm an octopus with eight arms on my body, which would come in handy if I practice karate. But I don't practice karate because I'm an invertebrate. I'm spineless, but I've got ink, and I don't mind squirting it, yeah. And I'm a funky cephalopod If I lose an arm, I'll grow it back right where it was on my body My pigment cells are there to change my skin with camouflage But more ill comes, I'm elusive as a mirage
listening to the Children's Hour, and our guest today is an American biologist. She's a science communicator. She studies squids and cephalopods and is an expert. She's also the founder of an organization called Skype a Scientist. Welcome to the Children's Hour, Dr. Sarah McAnulty. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so glad you're here because really none of us know enough about squids. And I'm going to ask you the first question. Is it squid or squids? Excellent question. So if you have a lot of one type of squid, that's going to be squid. That's like you've got a big group of all of the same species. Now, let's say you have a bunch of different types of squid. You've got big squid and little squid. You've got red squid and green squid. Those are squids. It's a lot like the same structure as people and peoples and fish and fishes. Lots of one type of fish. It's still fish. Lots of different fishes. It's fishes. I understand now. Well, you're going to teach us about squids, multiple different kinds, as well as squid. And we have a lot to learn from you, being that we're from the desert and we don't see too many squids around here of any kind. Let's start with Evan. How many tentacles do squids have? Oh, good question. This is something that really uh, folks get confused about. So squid, they have 10 limbs total. Of those limbs, eight of them are arms. Arms are pretty muscular. They're a little stretchy, but they're not super duper stretchy. And then in the center of those eight arms, they have two tentacles. The difference between tentacles and arms is that tentacles are really, really rubbery. They can shoot out, grab prey, which is like their food, and then bring it back to their beak where they munch and they eat it. So two tentacles, eight arms. Wow. What makes a squid a squid and not a fish? Okay. So fish have skeletons, they have backbones, they have jaws, and squid have almost None of that. They don't have any bones inside of them at all. Some of them have a uh, in inside structure that's kind of like a shell, like a seashell, but inside their body called a pen. But not all squid even have those anymore. Some of them have lost them over evolutionary time. So way, way, way back, the like great, 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 great grandmother of the squid had a shell on the outside of their body. Um, they kind of look like a traffic cone. And then over time, they brought them inside and they have a little shell. So no, no no bones. That's part of it. And um, instead of jaws, like many fish have, they have a beak. A a beak? Did you just say a beak? A beak like a bird? It looks just like a parrot beak. Yeah. So they're usually brown. um, And those beaks are very, very sharp. They have a very little bit of uh, venom in those beaks. um, But those that the venom doesn't hurt people, uh, with the exception of one octopus. Um, It mostly affects like crabs and shrimp and the things that they eat. Um, But yeah, they have like, it looks just like a bird beak. It's unbelievable. How many types of squid are there? Ooh, there are about 300 different types of squid, and they're all like very different from each other. Some squids, so the smallest squid is about the size of my pinky fingernail. Those are the pygmy squid. They live in uh, like around Australia and sort of like the Pacific Ocean around there. Um, And then the biggest squid is the colossal squid. They're about the length of a big yellow school bus. And then there are some squid that live in super shallow water, like ankle depth water, and then some that live like three miles below the surface of the ocean. So there are 
about 300 types of squid, and they are incredibly diverse. My guess is you haven't even found all the different types of squid there could be. Totally. We're learning about new squid all the time. Hmm. What do squid eat? So it totally depends on the type of squid we're talking about, because like I said, squid are so different from each other. So that also means that they generally uh, eat different things. So um, the little squid can eat like itsy bitsy little shrimp, um, little uh, like zooplankton, we call them like uh, so itsy bitsy squid, eat itsy bitsy little crustaceans, we call them. So that includes crabs and shrimp and that kind of thing. Um, big squid like the colossal squid eat uh, what's called Antarctic toothfish and other uh, fish that are pretty big. Um, big squid eat big fish. We're talking with squid experts, Dr. Sarah McElnulty, and she is also the founder of Skype, a scientist. We're going to learn more about that in just a minute, and we're going to keep learning about squid. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Today's show comes with a learn-along guide. You can find it at childrenshour.org slash squid, or just look for this episode, Squid. We'll be right back with a lot more. With neon green and pulsing pink, blue, silver, and red, my shiny lights blink. Some squids are tiny, they'll fit in your hand. Some squids are giant, much bigger than man. I'm a cephalopod, and I move so fast in a cloud of ink. I'll slip right past. Sit the squid, sit the squid, sit the squid, pulse to the left, pulse to the right, 
made a big plan and she conquered it. That baby butterfly bobtail squid. Baby butterfly bobtail squid. Made a little scheme and she worked for it. Had a big dream and she flew with it. That baby butterfly bobtail squid. Baby butterfly bobtail squid. Had a bunch of friends in symbiosis. Turning on the light or dimming it down. Everywhere she roamed. Listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated. We're a nonprofit based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. You can learn more about us and support our work at childrenshour.org. Support provided by Electric Playhouse, inviting Children's Hour listeners to get out of the cold weather and play at Electric Playhouse, featuring 16 interactive spaces with rotating games, a cafe, and a full bar. It's fun for the whole family to play and dine in a digital wonderland at Electric Playhouse in Albuquerque, New Mexico. More info at electricplayhouse.com. We're the squid of Pemaquid, we're permanently cute. We've got so many tentacles, we don't know what to do. But if we had some boots, then we'd be fancy as could be. Just like all the fishermen that sail upon the sea. So if you are a sailor, better lace your boots up tight. And watch out for the tentacles that reach out in the night. Cause we're the squid of Pemaquid, and this is what we do. Tickle all the fishermen and try to steal their shoes. We're the squid of Pemaquid, we're permanently cute. We lie beneath the ocean and dream of fancy boots. Cause we're the squid of Pemaquid and that's just what we do. We'd all be fancy gentlemen if only we had shoes.
That was James Kochalka, superstar, right here on the Children's Hour. Over the break, you heard the Little Apple Band with Squid Was Eleven and Baby Butterfly Bobtail Squid is Claudia Robin Gunn with her Sing for the Sea, Little Wild Ocean Friends. You're listening to the Children's Hour. Our guest is Dr. Sarah McAnulty. She is a cephalopod expert. That's somebody who knows Oh, so much about squid and squids. There are a lot of photos that you can find at childrenshour.org under this episode, Squids, including a learn-along guide. Let's go to Illy. Where do squid live? Squid live anywhere pretty much that is marine. So that means in the ocean. No squid live in freshwater. So you're not going to find squid in a lake or a river or a stream or a creek. You're only going to find them in oceans and bays, uh, that sort of thing. Um, there are so many different types of squid and squid live in so many different habitats um, and have so many different adaptations that they can kind of go wherever. They're really, really good. And they've been around for an incredibly long time. There have been cephalopods. So cephalopods are the group that contains squid octopus, cuttlefish, and then this weirdo called the nautilus that still lives in a shell. Um, They've been around for longer than we've had trees on earth. So they've had a really, really long time to take up space within uh, the ocean and and get different from each other over evolutionary time. Are you talking like 500 million years ago? 500 million years ago. So uh, squid, very, very old. So they've been around since then. Have they changed very much? Because you talked about a nautilus. And I think as I look at a picture of a nautilus, I see those as fossils too. So that must be a very successful type of organism. Totally. So cephalopods, when they first arose, this was again, like 500 million years ago, they kind of looked like a traffic cone with a face sticking out the bottom. They didn't look like the squid that we have today at all. And cephalopods didn't lose their shell until much, much later. So there were like hundreds of millions of years where animals that were closely related to squid, instead of looking like the little torpedoes we have today, looked pretty similar to that, but with a shell on the outside with a little face sticking out. And then over time, those shells kind of got brought indoors. So kind of like our skeletons, but for them, it's a shell, but they still have these like really big, heavy shells inside of their bodies. And then over time, those got smaller and smaller and smaller, just like our ancestors had tails and we don't have tails anymore, but we have that little like tailbone. So there's this like little whisper of our evolutionary history. And it's the same thing with squid. They have like a little whisper, like the the tailbone version of a big shell. Mm. How do squids make ink? Squid house a bunch of pigment. So that's like the the black stuff within the ink in something called an ink sac. So it just looks like a little bag that they fill the brim with melanin, which is uh, very similar to the like the brown in my freckles and the brown in all sorts of human skin. So they store it in there. And then when they're ready to shoot some ink out, they basically just like shoot it out their siphon. There's like a little tube that connects the bag of ink to right under their faces. So like if I'm uh, these, I'm a squid and my arms are right in front of my face, there's like a little siphon funnel right under my face and they just shoot it right out that hole. Why do they do that? 
Squid can make ink for a lot of different reasons. So the main one is to confuse predators and get away. And there's two main ways they do that. They can kind of make like a, a smoke bomb, like a big, big, big ink cloud so that nobody can see anything and they can get away. The other approach is called a pseudomorph. Pseudo means fake, morph means uh, body kind of. So they will mix mucus, so like snot, into the ink and then they shoot out a blob. So instead of the ink dissipating everywhere, it stays together in a little clump. And that way they can plop out a blob that's about the same size and shape as them. So that if like a barracuda is chasing them, instead of having one little squid to chase, suddenly they have like eight squid to choose between, but only one of them is a squid. The rest are just ink blobs. Wow. How intelligent are squids? Oh, what a good question. And it's something that scientists struggle with all the time because comparing animal intelligence is really, really hard to do. We get the sense that squid probably are smarter than uh, a clam or a mussel or, uh, you know, maybe a crab because they engage in these relatively complex social behaviors like talking to each other and uh, working together on something sometimes, um, living together certainly. But it's really hard to like rank, like this is the most smart animal. This is the next most smart animal. It's like amorphous, tough to nail down. But generally speaking, yeah, squid, we think are reasonably smart. We've heard stories about things like squid finding their way out of a lab through a drain and back to the ocean. Is that a rare thing? That seems pretty um. brilliant. Yeah. So the octopuses are more commonly escaping and that's because octopuses are generally squishier than squid are. Uh, so squid and cuttlefish, cuttlefish in particular, have like a pretty big internal shell. It's basically the same size as their back. So they can't fit through tiny little holes. They're like, they're stuck where they are. Squid are just generally less wishable because of the way that their um, muscles kind of are. And also because of that internal shell, the pen, we call it. And so they can't squeeze through stuff as easily. We're talking with Dr. Sarah McAnulty. She is a squid biologist. She's also the founder of Skype a Scientist. You're listening to the Children's Hour recorded at the Outpost Performance Space and on Zoom. We're here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This next band is from New Zealand. It's the Itty Bitty Beats, right here on the Children's Hour. Do, 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 do. 
Listening to the Children's Hour. Today on the show, we're learning about squid and a bit about cephalopods in general. And for you to learn even more, you can print out our learn along guide for this episode. Follow along with the show, get a lot more information and a lot more context. Our learn along guides are fun for all ages and they meet educational standards and allow the Children's Hour to be used inside the classroom. Look for this episode, Squids, at childrenshour.org and tell a teacher. We're at the Outpost Performance Space and on Zoom with Skype a scientist, Dr. Sarah McAnulty. Dr. McAnulty, I have to ask you about eating squid because, for one thing, humans love their calamari. Is that squid? Are we eating the tentacles? What are we eating there? Calamari is a mix of the arms and um, the mantle. So the mantle is like their torso. Um, And so, yeah, it's both. If it's like the rings, then that is their torso, basically. Yeah, their mantle. It's pretty delicious, but is it a sustainable type of food to eat? Generally, compared to most fish, yes. But whenever we're talking about seafood, it's so complicated and it depends on so many different things. So what I generally suggest is like just listening to whatever the heck the Monterey Bay Aquarium has to say about it. They have a little guide that you can check out because they're going to be populations, some places uh, like particularly of cuttlefish and octopus where it's going to be less sustainable and then other places where it's like totally fine. But as the ocean gets warmer, that is likely to change. And so I wouldn't say forever and ever squid are going to be a sustainable seafood, but right now they're a better choice than say a tuna. What about climate change in squid? What have you seen? Ooh. So if the year was 2016, I would be telling you that squid are doing great. Cephalopods are doing wonderful. They're seeming to do better lately. But we're realizing that as waters get warmer and warmer, the areas that they can be happy in are shrinking. So every squid and cuttlefish and octopus species has a range of temperatures that they're happy at. And as the uh, oceans get warmer, the areas that they're happy in shrink and shrink and shrink. And so that's the biggest threat right now to squid is just things getting hotter. Certainly the whole ecosystem collapsing is also part of that. And some squid may just move. They might just go north or find another place to live and be totally fine. But there are so many different types of squid and so many different places they live that hopefully Some of them survive, but we're probably going to lose some species, just like we're losing every other type of animal, at least some of the species, because of climate change. Mm, So sad. What is it about squid you find the most fascinating? I think the, the like color change to communicate and also that they're like quite social, but they've developed that social kind of behavior completely independently of us. Because when like we split from them on like the tree of life, it was a long, long time ago, like over 600 million years ago. And so you can kind of look at an animal and see how it does things similar to us. And then also 
doing similar things like totally differently from us. And that's really fun. It's like just seeing how an, another path uh, could have gone for evolution. Sometimes old timey books show pictures of a giant squid grabbing a ship and taking it down to the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. That's not real, is it? So the big, big, big octopus, like we don't know of any big octopuses that can take down a ship for sure. But there are pretty big squid. And could they take down one of these like huge multi-sail sailing ships that like cross the Atlantic? No, they're not big enough for that. But we think that the source of a lot of those mythologies are giant squid because when giant squid are feeling sick, when they're approaching death, their ability to stay where they want to be in the water, what's called their buoyancy, gets all out of whack. And so they end up floating to the surface of the sea water kind of by accident because they're sick. And so when you have like a dying disoriented giant squid and you're in a small boat and you encounter one, that's pretty scary because they are really big compared to a small boat and certainly compared to humans. And then we end up with pictures in books of the Kraken. Oh, yes. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. All right. This is a random question that me and my friend argued about. Could a squid survive in space? Oh, yeah. Uh, We've sent squid to space, actually. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So uh, could a squid survive in space? Yes. Squid were sent to space specifically to understand how bacteria establish relationships with animals uh, broadly. And so uh, squid are a model for understanding that. And we sent them to space to see how they would form a, a partnership with bacteria in weirdo gravity, what we call microgravity, which is what animals experience in space. And if we were to ever, as humans, live in space for multiple generations, we would need to know how this works. Because if we want to have children in space, we need to make sure that they're, they're bacteria bacteria is healthy because bacteria keep our bodies healthy. And so that was why we sent them to space. And they certainly survived for part of that time. Wow. Yeah. Squids in space. That's hard to believe. You've been hearing Dr. Sarah McAnulty. She is a squid biologist and also the founder of Skype a Scientist. Sarah, will you talk a little bit about Skype a Scientist? What is it? Yeah, Skype a Scientist is a program that aims to connect people directly with the source of information via scientists. We will match any classroom, scout troop, library, group of friends, a book club, whatever. If you're a group, we will match you with a scientist of your interest. So if you really like spiders, we'll match you with a spider scientist. If you really like space, we'll match you with an astrophysicist um, or something like that. So you can sign up totally for free at skypeascientist.com. These are all about Q and A's because we want to start conversations between scientists and everybody else. So we want to make that as easy as possible for folks to do. We also run live streams where you can tune in, ask your questions of a scientist live. If you don't want to set up your own group, skypeascientist.com, free connections for Q and A's with scientists. That's so cool. Dr. Sarah McAnulty, we've learned so much from you today on the Children's Hour, much more than anyone knew about squids around the world. Thank you so much for being with us on the Children's Hour. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Thank you. Bye. 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 One, two, three. My old friend King Squid grabbed the donut in here. Yes, indeed, that's what it did. My old friend King Squid. Squid-a-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. My old friend King Squid. 
Open the cookie jar lid Grab the donut and hit Yes indeed, that's what it did My old friend King Squid Squid-a-dee-dee-dee-dop, do-da-dee Squid-a-dee-dee-dee-dop, do-da-dee Friend King Squid yeah. tickled the neighbor kid. Open the cookie jar lid, grab the donut in here. Right. Yes, indeed, that's what it did. My old friend King Squid, squiddly dilly doo dop doo da day, squiddly dilly doo dop doo da day, squiddly dilly doo dop doo da day. You're listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio. We'll be right back. The Children's Hour is supported in part by an award from New Mexico Arts, a division of the New Mexico Department of Cultural Affairs, and the National Endowment for the Arts. United Way of North Central New Mexico supports the Children's Hour. Outpost Performance Space in Albuquerque, New Mexico is a proud supporter of the Children's Hour. Support for the Children's Hour is also provided by the City of Albuquerque's Cultural Services Department and the Urban Enhancement Trust Fund. Many thanks to the County of Bernalillo, New Mexico, for their support of our learn-along guides that meet and cite national education standards. You can find them all at childrenshour.org. Thanks, Bernalillo County. Token Ibis is a supporter of the Children's Hour. At Token Ibis, they know that philanthropy doesn't need more money, it needs more people. Users can direct Token Ibis money towards their favorite New Mexico nonprofits. Learn more and sign up at tokenibis.org. Head and feet, feet and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Mantle and feet, mantle and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Head and feet, feet and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Mantle and feet, mantle and head, body parts of the squid. First you clean it and skin it and pound it and slice it and all of your kids say ew. Then you bread it and fry it and garlic and butter just like grandma used to do. And you tell everyone that it's calamari and that sounds ever so fine. Till they learn a squid has come to the party and they refuse to dine. On head and feet, feet and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Mantle and feet, mantle and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Head and feet, feet and head, body parts of the squid mantle and feet mantle and head these are the body parts of the squid it's calamari it's calamari no longer a squid it's calamari just like the pasta becomes spaghetti now the squid she is calamari so serve the pasta serve the bread serve the salad and serve the squid Heads and feet are part of the deal Heads and feet make a very good meal You say try it, you will like it And they find it hard to believe So they do, and they did love the body parts of the squid Manja pasta, manja pani, manja tutti calamari Calamari, calamari, manja tons of calamari First you clean it and 
and skin it and pound it and slice it and all of your kids say ew. Then you bread it and fry it in garlic and butter just like grandma used to do. And you tell everyone that it's calamari and that sounds ever so fine. Till they learn a squid has come to the party and they refuse to dine on head and feet. Feet and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Mantle and feet, mantle and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Head and feet, feet and head, these are the body parts of the squid. Mantle and feet, mantle and head, these are the body parts of the squid. That was Nancy Stewart from Sing a Song of Science. And before the break, you heard Fred with King Squid from Ukulele Awesome Sauce. Over the break, Broke for Free brought us Feel Good. Squid are amazing. They're essentially mollusks without protective shells, and they're like the psychedelic acrobats of the ocean with the ability to rapidly change colors to match the seas around them. They squirt ink to hide and fool their predators. These invertebrates are the fastest swimmers in the ocean, and the colossal squid is the largest. Their eyes are as big as footballs and can display bioluminescence. Imagine that looking at you in your submarine. Several species of squid can be self-luminous. Scientists estimate that 75% of open ocean squid are bioluminescent. Bioluminescence is caused by an internal biochemical reaction in the squid's light organs, which can be found on the eyelid, eyeball, tentacles, and other surfaces of their bodies. There are more than 300 species of squid found in all depths of the ocean, everywhere on Earth. You can learn a lot more about squid in our learn-along guide for this episode. Find it at childrenshour.org. Look for squid. This is Marsha and the Positrons, right here on the Children's Hour.
all the colors of a rainbow squid And I wish I was a rainbow too Red and yellow and pink and green Orange and purple and blue You're all the colors of a rainbow squid And I wish I was a rainbow too That was Poco Drum right here on the Children's Hour with Rainbow Squid. In the background, Pottington Bear. We're learning about squid today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm Katie Stone. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on our SpeakPipe audio. You can find it at our contact page at childrenshour.org. Learn more with us by finding that Learn Along Guide and Tell a Teacher. It meets and cites educational standards, and it makes learning about biology a lot of fun. This is Perry Grip, right here on the Children's Hour. Happy squid lives beneath the sea, dreaming fancy dreams for you and me. Far below. the ocean on the other side of the world admiral raisin toast lifts his fist to the sky and proclaims avast ye happy squid i'll find ye one day i'll find ye
got time for just one more on the Children's Hour. This is Michael and the Rock Nest Monsters. We'll catch you next time. If I were an octopus, I'd like to dance. And I'd wear an eight-legged pair of purple pants. I'd dance on the sand, I'd dance on the water. I'd dance with my mother, my father, my son, and my daughter. I'd dance. Children's Hour is produced by the Children's Hour Incorporated, a New Mexico nonprofit. Our show was written by Katie Stone with lots of help from all of us on the kids' crew. You can find photos, links, learn along guides, and more about us at childrenshour.org. Many thanks to Dr. Sarah McAnulty for being with us from Skype, a scientist. We had production help on today's show from Chad Shear, Gus Tafoya, and our learning guide was written by Jonathan Dunsky. Find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or go to our patreon.com slash the children's hour. Or ask your smart speaker to play the children's hour podcast. We post our photos and more on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us at TCH Radio. Our theme music was written by C.K. Barlow. The Children's Hour is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange, and by the Pacifica Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Children's Hour, Kids Public Radio.